are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Please, to Acts 27, Acts chapter 27. It's good to see you here, the last service of the year, and I believe that brings glory to God. Before we get to the message, let me just talk to those here. There's two kinds of people in this room tonight. You're either going to heaven or you're not. And let me just explain a little bit of what that song was, I Claim the Blood. The Bible tells us that we are all sinners. Nobody here is perfect. I'm not perfect. I have sinned. All of us are sinners. But because of that sin, all of us deserve to die and go to hell. There's only two places a person goes. They either go to heaven or they go to hell. If you've not trusted Jesus Christ or you're trusting something else to take you to heaven... The Bible says that you're on your way to hell. The only person that can take us to heaven is not you. It's not a church. It's not an organization. The only person given to man that can take us to heaven is Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. He was born to die on Calvary. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Nobody's ever going to go to heaven and say, I made it some other way but Jesus. Nobody. You see, it's not the Baptist church that can take us to heaven. It is Jesus Christ. So, yes, you're listening on the internet or you're listening in this uh, room this uh, evening. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to hell. If you're trusting something else or someone else to take you to heaven, you're going to hell. But if you put your faith and trust in Jesus alone, you will go to heaven. That's not my promise. That's his promise. Jesus said, uh, 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 he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. That is present tense. You'll have it tonight. In the invitation tonight... If you want to know for sure you're going to heaven, just come down the aisle. We have somebody show you how you can go, for, go to heaven. I don't know. Maybe everybody here is saved. Maybe all of, you, all of you here know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Maybe. But if not, get it settled tonight. Get it settled tonight. And if you're here, you say, you know, Barpusin, I've already trusted Christ as my Savior. But you've not been baptized. Why don't you be obedient to the command? to be baptized. I remember when I got saved, but the sly said, you know what, now that you're saved, Jesus wants you to be baptized. I said, you know what, if he loved me that much, that he would die for me, is that all he wants me to do? Okay, I'll get baptized to please my Savior. Not to go to heaven, but because I'm already on my way to heaven because of my thankfulness to what he did for me. uh, Baptism identifies us with the Savior. If you're not a same of Jesus, why, we, why should you not get baptized? So if you're not baptized, get
get it settled tonight. Let's start the year right. Amen. So if you're not saved, get saved. Don't take a chance. We don't know how long we live. Get it settled tonight. And if you're saved, get baptized. Acts chapter 27. I'll just read a few verses. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band, and entering into a ship of, uh, uh, yes, that word right there, we launched, <coughs> meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, and Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, be, uh, being with us. And the next day, we touched at Sidon, and Julius Curtius entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Verse 10, and said unto him, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of, and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. Verse 19, And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small temples lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I, I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Our Heavenly Father, we do ask your blessings uh, on the service tonight, and we do pray, Father, for those who do not know for sure they are going to heaven, that tonight would be the night. And I pray, dear God, that you'd speak to us in this uh, brief message, our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a familiar story for many of us who've been saved a while. Uh, Paul, the Bible said, had suffered, uh, suffered shipwrecks in the past. As far as I understand what the Word of God says, uh, three prior uh, to, this, uh, to this one uh, recorded in Acts 27. So this was the last one recorded as far as a shipwreck. Before this, there was three. 2 Corinthians 11.25, uh, Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice, or three times, I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. On one of those shipwrecks, the Bible says there, Paul was floating on the sea for a day and night. Just imagine that. I, can ima I can't imagine what being in a ship, uh, shipwreck would be like. Uh, I try to stay out of the ocean as much as, as, as possible. Years ago, uh, one of our uh, church members, he had a, a small boat. I think he had a seven-man, seven-person boat. And uh, he asked us and uh, asked me and some other guys to go tuna fishing with him. So we went, and we went to Santa Cruz. And um, the waves that day, this was, uh, I think he, uh, uh, he took us out two or three times. That's two or three times too many. And, um, <laughs> but on this particular day that I remember... Uh, the waves, uh, it was a gray sky, and the waves were high, and uh, I had not had breakfast that morning, and I was dry heaving uh, on the side of the boat. I mean, it was not fun, all right? I mean, one, at one, uh, you know, one second, you see the, uh, the, the, the shoreline, 
You can, I don't know how many miles we were out, but you can see the shoreline. And the next second, you see a gray wall of water. And then it just, whoa, whoa, this is not fun, whoa. And you know, many times I thought, what am I doing here? I know I like tuna, but not this much, amen. And so uh, I remember that. And then uh, one, uh, I think it was that same day, I saw him jump in the water, the owner did. And I said, what are you doing in the water? I forgot to put the plug. <laughs> Apparently in the boats in the back there at the bottom, there's a hole, okay? And there's a plug that you unplug it because when, there, and when it rains and it's parked in your driveway, you want it to go through the hole and not uh, uh, stay in the, in the hole there. And he forgot to put the plug before we went out. I said, well, this is nice. <laughs> and I said, I hope you can put it back in before we drown here. And so, so I don't like the water, amen? I have no desire to be in the middle of any ocean anytime soon. But here in this passage, this was no tuna fishing trip that Paul was on. Uh, yes, it was a bigger ship. And, uh, but the, the waves were also bigger. Uh, verse 14 tells us it was a hurricane force winds. Notice it says there, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. Uh, tempestuous wind. Now, I read up a little bit on this. I, I, I don't know anything about sailing, but uh, when the storm comes, one would normally sail the ship head on to the wind. Okay, I don't understand all that. They, uh, that, uh, they call it tacking or something like that. But uh, uh, the shape of the sail determines that you, you can actually go uh, head on to the wind and go forward. Okay, I guess if you know sailing, you, know, you understand all about that. And the, the reason for that is you want to meet the waves head on, not on the sides. Because if you, the, the waves hit the sides, it's not good for the boat, for the ship. All right, and so you hit it on, uh, straight on. And uh, you don't want to batter the side. So they would go in a zigzag pattern up uh, and uh, uh, forward up against the, the waves. And uh, the storm was so strong, the Bible describes it as being caught. Acts 27 verse 15, it says, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind. That's what they were trying to do. Uh, bear up into the wind. We let her dry. Basically, they no longer could control the ship and steer it where they wanted to go. The shipmen were frantically trying to keep the ship together. Notice in verse 17. Which when they had taken up, they used helps. Notice the, last, uh, the next phrase. Undergirding the ship. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. Undergirding the ship. The, the shipmen, the seamen, wrapped the ship with ropes to keep the ship from breaking apart. So basically, they tied the ship together like this. You know, imagine doing that in the storm. This was big ropes, and they would put it around the ship and tie the ship together and keep it uh, from splitting apart. But it seems like it was a losing battle. The next verse tells us in verse 18, it says, And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. So basically, they, took out the, they, they threw away the, the cargo. And this was done to stabilize the ship in the storm. Verse 19. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. The tackling is what's used to unload and load cargo into the sh ship. There's no need for it anymore. And so to save weight again, they threw that overboard. With their own hands, uh, they, they threw that overboard. 
the shipmen, the seamen did all they could do. By the way, these were experts in what they did. They knew what they were doing. Okay, but they are now out of options. Verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That's a strong phrase. Just imagine, sometimes we, we read, um, uh, read, read the Bible, it's all sterilized, you know. And, uh, we, uh, but imagine the, the, the storm. It was a strong storm. I mean, I mean the, the, the ship was going here and there. And, and, and I mean, they, were, they, they have not eaten in days. And I mean, they were tired. And guess what? All of a sudden, they're all, all hope that they should be saved was then taken away. They understood what was about to happen. They were about to die. They knew that. There was nothing else to do. It was at this time that Paul comes into the scene. Verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's really, I told you so, but you do remember in the beginning, he says, you know what, I think this, vo uh, this journey is going to be with harm, not only to the ship, but to us. But they didn't listen to him. And he says, I guess Paul was saying, now, guys, now you know, you're ready to listen to me now. You should have hearkened unto me. And, I've loosed from, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. In verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. That phrase, be of good cheer, does not seem to fit the circumstances they were in. Again, imagine what's going on. It was a very, very, very severe storm. It was hurricane winds, and the boat was about to break. The ship was about to break. The, the shipman, the seaman, realizes nothing else can be done. They're about to die. And Paul stands in the middle of him and says, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It doesn't seem to fit. Basically, Paul was telling them, Cheer up, guys. It's okay. That's the message for us tonight. Be of good cheer in the new year. Be of good cheer in the new year. We normally tell people Happy New Year during this time of year, but may I change it a little bit and say be of good cheer in the new year. Be of good cheer in the new year. I, I don't know what is in store for us this coming year, there might be storms ahead, and perhaps there are storms right now. And by the way, I'm not being flippant about our, our, your circumstances. I think if we're not careful, we try to encourage someone, and, be, and it comes across as being flippant. I, I preached this message, long, not here, a long time ago. I think it was 1996, first time, and the only time I've, I've, I've covered this text before here in this church, but never really this message right here. Because there was a man there in that church that night that took it the wrong way. The man was going through a storm. I mean, a bigger storm than I've ever been to. 
And I think he, he misunderstood the message as me being flippant. Because Paul said, be of good cheer. But when did he say it? When they were in the middle of a storm. And I think he took it as if, you know what, you don't understand the storm I'm going through. And by the way, I don't. I really don't. Many of you are going through storms that I'll never understand. But I'm not trying to be flippant. It is in the Word of God, though. It is in the Word of God. And I think we do ourselves a disservice if we close our ears and because we, we don't like what we're hearing. But it is in the Word of God. In the middle of the greatest storm there ever been, they were about to die and to drown. I mean, these men were expert in what they did, but all hope that they would be saved was gone. In the middle of that, Paul says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And I'm not trying to be flippant about their circumstances of life. And sometimes if you're not careful, it comes across as not very, uh, very caring. You know, saying be of good cheer when was in the middle of the storm may seem like being flippant. But you know what? That is what Paul said. He said it when man lost all hope of ever making out alive in the storm. And so tonight I hope it does not come across as being flippant. But may I say to us tonight, whether there be storms or not in our lives this coming year, be of good cheer in the new year. Be of good cheer in the new year. Paul said it in the worst of times. By the way, if we can do that in the worst of times, how much easier when it's the best of times. We can have good cheer all year long. Again, it may sound flippant, and I, I don't want it to be that way. But regardless of what we go through in 2019, we can be of good cheer in the new year. How can we be of good cheer? Well, first of all, let me say this. Remember, God owns you. Remember, God owns you. Acts 27, verse 22, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, the next three words, whose I am. I belong to God. I, I don't belong to me. I belong to God. Uh, the Bible says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And notice the next phrase, and in your spirit, which are God. To so catch that. Okay? Be of good cheer in the new year. Why? Because I belong to God. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I belong to God so I can be of good cheer. Man, praise God. Man, what a truth that is. I don't belong to myself. I belong to the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I am his and he is mine. Again, not being flippant, but regardless of the storm, we still belong to God. That will never change, by the way, in 2019. Regardless of the storm that comes in our life, we'll always belong to God. And because He owns us, He cares for us. God is more interested in our well-being than we can ever be. In the storm and out of the storm, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Amen. God who cares for the sparrow is going to care more for His own children. Luke chapter 12 and verse 8, the Bible says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before, uh, before God. Notice that. It says, Not one bird is forgotten before God. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Paul, are you crazy? 
We're about to die, Paul. We know what we're doing and we're out of hope. Are you crazy, Paul? You're saying, cheer up. That's exactly what I'm saying. You see, I'm a child. Whew, praise God. I'm a child of the king, amen? And it doesn't matter if there's storms or not. I'm still a child of the king. I'll always be a child of the king, amen? The storms did not determine my relationship with God. I'll always be his child. In the storm and out of the storm, God cares for me because I am his. Romans chapter 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. God will always be the God will always love us and God will always care for us regardless of the storm. So Paul says, be of good cheer. Why? Because we are his and he cares for us. And sometimes I think we get too inward and forget that you know what? You were still his regardless of the storm. We are His. And guess what? Because we are His, He cares for us. He loves us. He's more interested in our well-being than we can ever be. Paul says, cheer up. Be of good cheer. Because God owns you. What else, Paul? Well, I want you to be of good cheer because God owns you. God owns me. I want you to be of good cheer because I serve God with my life. Verse 23, for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Our theme for 2019, as pastors mentioned, is serving God, serving the Lord. May I encourage all of us to figure out how and how you can serve God in the new year. See, serving God is how you can have good cheer in the new year. I must admit, there are times when I wonder, you know, um, you know, is this really worth it? I mean, really, this thing of serving God, is it really worth it? But you know, those times are times when I catch myself thinking of myself and forget that life is not all about me. You know, life is all about God. Life is all about God. And doing God's will for our lives. That's our purpose. Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure. For thy pleasure. Whatever God wants in our lives. God says, that's why I created you. For thy pleasure. They are and were created. Everybody here, you have a purpose in life, and that is to please God. I was born to please God. I was saved to please God. And guess what? In this new year, let's find out how we can serve God and do it faithfully in the coming year. Amen. Be of good cheer in the new year. How are you going to do that? Serving God. Find out what God wants you to do, and just do it in a lifetime. Amen. 
And Paul said that, you know what? I know we're in the storm of our life. I know we're about to die. But guess what? Be of good cheer. You know what? Because I belong to God. And secondly, because I serve God. I have a purpose in life. When we accept that and give ourselves to serving God, guess what? It does bring good cheer. When we forget about ourselves and forget about, you know what, what, about us and me and I. And think about God and others. Guess what? It brings good cheer. Not all of us can be in full-time ministry, but all of us should be doing something for the ministry. Amen. God has a ministry for each and every Christian in this room. It's not true that this ministry is so big we don't need your help. Actually, the opposite is true. Because the ministry is big, the more help we need, amen? And so don't just sit there and say, you know what, they don't need my help. That's not true. We do, amen? We do. More workers, the better. Paul, we're about to die. You're telling us to be of good cheer. Why? Man, I serve a risen Savior. The ministry is great. My life counts for eternity. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Christ should be the reason we live. He is our life. He is our life. Perhaps you're here, you used to serve God. But now you find yourself no longer involved. Get back in it. Get back in it. There's no reason for you to quit. The only time you have an excuse to quit is when you die. The fact that you're still alive, that's, that means then you're, you should not be quitting. Find out what God wants you to do and just do it a lifetime. Amen? Amen. Until the rapture takes place, just do it and faithfully execute what God wants you to do. Don't quit. Get back in it. That's how we can have a good cheer in the new year. Paul, be of good cheer. Why? Hey, I remember that God owns me. I serve God with my life. How can you have good cheer when you bring others with you? Acts 27, 24. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. You want to have cheer in the new year? Bring others with you. And I mean heaven. Bring others with you. Tell others about the good news of salvation so, so that when our race here on earth is done, there will be people in heaven because of our witness. There's no joy like the joy of leading someone to Christ. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him bring others with you Paul we're about to die Paul the ship is about to be broken we know what we're doing there's nothing else to do and you're telling us to be of good cheer yeah that's what I'm saying because God owns me Whoo! praise God because he owns me he cares for me 
I mean, if a sparrow falls down and God does not forget it, how much more me? I'm worth more than many sparrows, God says. My, my hairs are all counted before God. God knows every detail. God cares. Yes, I can have good cheer. Why? Because God owns me. And because he owns me, he cares for me. Why can, how can you have good cheer? Because I serve God with my life. I found out what God wanted me to do, and I'm going to do it. And by the way, he did. He did all the way till he was martyred. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course, Paul said. I'm good cheer because I serve God in my life. But we're sinking, Paul. I know. But I serve God with my life. Paul, how can we have good cheer when you bring others with you? Again, it's not about us. It's others. And bringing others to the Savior. Paul, what else? Don't ever stop believing God. How can you have good cheer in the new year? When you don't stop believing God. Acts 27, 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. That it shall, that it shall be even as it was told me. You know that song, No Need to Doubt him now he'll make a way somehow safely this far Jesus has brought me no need to doubt him now I might no need to doubt him now oh praise God hallelujah he's brought us safe this far no need to doubt him now Paul said be of good cheer the word of God is still true God's promises are still sure. Our God is still faithful. And what he said he will do, he will do. No need to doubt him now. But Paul, there's a storm. We're about to die, I know. But storms don't change God's word. The storms don't change God's faithfulness. The storm don't change God's promises. He's still going to come through, amen. No need to doubt him now. You see, fear is the opposite of faith. And the longer we stay in fear, the less joy we'll have. Believe God. And, whoo, praise God. Just, 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 have you, just think about that. The God, the only God of the universe, the one that has all power and might and ability, is your heavenly Father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you better wake up. It's the new year. Be of good cheer. Show it on your face. God is still in control. Amen. I mean, I wish there was a better setup in the, the, White, uh, the White House in our government, but you know what? It is what it is. But God is still in the throne, on the throne. Amen. I wish our government here in California is different, but you know what? It is what it is. But God is still in the throne, on the throne. Amen. God is still in control. God's word is still true. Heaven is still our home. Jesus is still coming back. Woo! Amen. I don't know what the new year will bring to each and every one of our lives. There may not be storms. Though we find ourselves in despair for our lives. But the lesson before us tonight is good for even the worst of storms. By the way, the spirit that comes from remembering God's ownership of our lives 
the spirit that comes from serving God with our lives, the spirit that comes with bringing others with us, the spirit that comes from not, believe, uh, not stopping believing God is contagious. Acts 27, 35, when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. He was not ashamed of his God. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Verse 36, then were they all of good cheer. It was contagious, amen. It was contagious. As we enter this new year, and again, I'm not trying to be flippant. Some of you are going through the storm of your life. A lot harder storm than any of us can ever imagine. I'm not trying to be flippant. But this truth is in the word of God. In the worst of the storm, Paul, let's imagine the winds blowing, the ship going back and forth like that. I mean, good night. He probably had to uh, uh, raise his voice. Man, be of good cheer, for I believe God. And it shall be as he said to me, be of good cheer. You're not going to die. The ship's going to be dead. The ship's going to be destroyed. But you know what? You're not going to die. You're all going to come with me. We'll all be safe. In the middle of the storm, Paul says, be of good cheer. So instead of saying, Happy New Year, may I say, be of good cheer in the New Year. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.